Now turn with me in your Bible and um, we'll turn to the book of Genesis, the last chapter. So you can turn to Exodus is where we're really going to begin. And um, then we will kind of work our way uh, through the book of Exodus, which will require us to get in some to um, now, really, you, we we really I don't you know you you pray for me on the New Testament side. It just seems like the Lord just keeps stopping me as I go through Romans, and just can't get back through there. We may begin in Hebrews. Really, that's book uh, working with the 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 Pentateuch, the the books of Moses here, uh, really running along with the New Testament. Hebrews is a good book to be in. Uh, as it uh, was certainly unfolds all of these pictures and 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 uh, types and all the better things that we have now, uh, so you just pray for me. The Lord will help me on the New Testament side of things, and while well, we we need to do that, I want to do what the Lord wants us to do, and um, it's important. You say, well, it doesn't matter; it's all truth. Well, it does, and uh, as long as you stay in the book, it might be okay here or there, but. Uh, I believe the Lord um, has a message at the right time for the right person, and I think a preacher ought to be sensitive what God wants at that time to help that person and those folks that are in that service. So I want to be sensitive to do that. So you just pray for me, God, help me with that, and uh, that I could be a help to you. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter number 11, by faith Joseph, when he died, uh, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. And it said he did that by faith. And so we end the book of Genesis, and I'll just mention a few little things to kind of I, I almost asked the Lord, well, Lord, why don't we just start in Genesis? You're missing a whole lot to start in Exodus. Um, there's quite a bit that has taken place in these 50 chapters. Um, and so, uh, but that's just what the Lord told me to do, okay? So I, I do at least want to kind of get an idea of all the types and all the pictures and all the uh, things that we see in the lives of these men uh, in the book of Genesis. Uh, I believe this probably to be so. We end here anyway. Uh, with Joseph in the last chapter of the book of Genesis. And he's been said by many, and I didn't know this, this is new information to me, uh, but somebody, a writer, uh, is, is, it was pink. Now don't go reading after him, uh, in my opinion. But he's found over a hundred ways in which Joseph is a type of Christ. And uh, he found a hundred ways like that. Another man said he found a hundred and ninety-two ways in which Joseph is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. And so I want especially all of us know this, but you young people especially, learn how to see Jesus in your Bible. Look for Jesus when you read your Bible. When you read every chapter, every page, everything you see, when you open this book, aim to see Christ in this book. And uh, you, God will let you see him in ways I've heard some preachers preach. I don't know how in the world. just had to be God. And way God helped them to see Christ in those Psalms and other places. And uh, it, what a blessing it is to us. Because that is the truth as we see. And that's why I talk about Hebrews unfolding uh, all of the uh, things that we are going to go over.
children that we are going to read in these types and figures and things, um, uh, Christ being the fulfillment of everything. See, there's usually one way in which most of the Old Testament types are like Christ. Uh, they dominate in one way uh, that they resemble or, or point forward or point towards Christ. Uh, but Joseph is in so many various ways that he resembles Christ uh, in the Bible. And so I can't, we don't want to skip Joseph because you can't, if you miss Joseph, you miss the connection between Exodus and the Genesis. So uh, it's, it's important that we understand all of us, and most of you do. I know it's nothing new to you, uh, but uh, just to have a quick understanding understanding of where we are rather than to just jump right in into the book of Exodus. So uh, we'll, let me just give you just a couple of things that we can remember uh, from, the, from what's going on in the book of Genesis. We began with Adam and Eve in the creation of the garden, right? Uh, God made man in his image and his likeness and breathed his nostrils a breath of life. And um, so uh, it made, uh, caused the deep sleep to fall upon him because it wasn't good for him to be alone. Made him a woman. Worst uh, thing that's ever happened to us men, but uh, God did it anyway. Anyway, and uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, and uh, so God made him a woman, uh, help meet for him, uh, one that was suitable to come alongside him and bear under uh, the load. And so uh, he done that, and we see the fall. We go, we've gone through the fall in the first chapters. We get to Cain and Abel. Um, and you'll need notice a lot of times, and even in the life of, the life of Joseph, uh, you'll see a, a pattern that's established where God sets the first aside and establishing the second, right? You see it all through the Bible. You see it in Ishmael and Isaac. You see it in uh, even in Ephraim. You see it in Manasseh. Um, there's, so, there's so many other areas that you see God where He lays aside the first and establishes the second. Adam, the last man, uh, the first man, Adam, and then the last man, Adam, who uh, God has uh, come and the great adder uh, uh, from the great subtractor uh, that Adam was. And so, anyway, so we've got uh, Cain and Abel. We've got Noah, uh, the flood. Has taken place. We've got the call of Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldee, and uh, God promises him and a co- makes a covenant with him and said, I will make of thee a great nation, right? Promises him a land, promises him a great, uh, there's a seed, and he was going to make him a blessing, and through his seed, uh, and then he continues that on, right? Not through Ishmael, but through Isaac shall that seed be called. And so we see Isaac, and that pic- great picture that we see uh, when he takes Isaac and offers him up on the altar and receives him in a figure, believing God's able to raise him from the dead again. Uh, and we go from Isaac, I'm, I know I'm missing so much I've got wrote down, I'm trying to give you uh, just a few things that Jacob and Esau... Uh, uh, and the and the birthright and all those things. Jacob leaving. Um and uh, that's that. We we need to um, kind of look maybe a couple of things from Jacob um, and his thir- well thirteen children. Uh, but then he's called back and changes his name to Israel. Um, you've got um, then you, then we get to this place where we have Joseph, and that's where I kind of want to uh, where I kind of want to start here. And I know we've missed a lot. And my point is to not try to really give an overview uh, or a survey of Genesis, but just to kind of catch us up uh, into where we've been. Uh, I mean, what has taken place before you get to the life of Joseph. Most of us know very well uh, Joseph and his uh, being betrayed and all the various things. And I'm going to give just a few things in which, in which Joseph is like Christ um, in our Bible. Because we'll need to see that. Because uh, the Old Testament is written for what? Our learning. Right? And all Scripture is given by inspiration and is what? Profitable. profitable. All Scripture. 
So um, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, it's all good. But we have to understand when you go in the Old Testament that not everything you write is written to you, but not, not for, it's for you, but not to you, and all those various things, and rightly dividing the Word. And so what our purpose is, is going back and learning from the Old Testament and seeing Christ, because if our purpose, according to Hebrews, is to looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, I want to hear him in every song. Don't you? I want to see him in every book. I want to hear him in every message. Don't you? Anything short of that is not going to help me a whole lot. Sirs, we would see Jesus. Is that not what? And so we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, right? And so uh, we'll look here just quickly at a couple of things like that, uh, just so that we can have an idea of what is going on. You know that Joseph is sold by his brethren into slavery uh, down into Egypt, and down he contains, uh, uh, interprets dreams for Pharaoh, uh, and he's released and given faith by the one keeping the prison anyway. Uh, he's made it second in command and prepares for a famine according to God speaking to him. And uh, he's able to save his brethren at the time. Remember, we're going from a family to a nation. At the time, the nation of Israel is a family, right? A man's name has been changed and he's called Israel. That's a man, that's a person, Right? And this family becomes a nation in the book of Exodus. And so, but in Genesis, this is a family. Even in the very first beginning, it gives in, chapter, in verse number 5 of Exodus chapter number 1, it said there were 70 souls. There were 68, a couple chapters before, but there are 70 souls, you get to Exodus, that comprise of the nation of Israel. That's a man and his family, right? That's Jacob and um, his name being changed when he's called back where the Bible, where he testifies that the angel, what did it say, saved him or redeemed him from all evil. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I got a pretty good idea who the angel of the Lord was there, don't you? Uh, another uh, seeing Christ in the Word of God. And so um, anyway, we see uh, now we've got Joseph here uh, in the last chapter. He is also uh, fading off the scene. And uh, even if you look in chapter number 50 of the book of Genesis and look in verse number 20, um, well, verse number 19, he said, Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am I uh, in the place of God. Uh, verse number 20, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, you could start right there if you wanted to, if you wanted to do it chronologically, uh, that this was foreordained to happen, Right? Uh, God knew that there was a famine coming, didn't he not? And God sent a man, did he not? And uh, uh, allowed that man to suffer, that many might be delivered by his hand. That sounds awful familiar by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God that Christ Jesus was given by the Father, sent into this world to suffer, that he might save and be the redeemer of mankind. So, uh, so there's just so many things. That's not the message, but uh, I want to encourage you if you're here and you're lost, what you need to hear tonight, you need to hear about 
about Jesus and you need to see Jesus in the pages of this Bible. And when you see Joseph, this, this brother who was, who was, uh, who was uh, despised and rejected of his own, uh, you need to remember Jesus who was despised and rejected of men and acquainted of grief, a man of sorrows, right? And the Bible said, uh, uh, we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. And we all, right, we all done that. And uh, said, so, well, I wouldn't have done it. Well, you have done it and you did do it, right? And, uh, um, and so anyhow, so uh, let's just look at a couple of things. You, you see Joseph fading off the scene here uh, as his father Jacob, remember, Jacob, uh, Jacob has uh, adopted um, Joseph's two children, uh, the um, Ephraim and Manasseh. Uh, and um, you see that uh, uh, Joseph, uh, all the things in which how Joseph uh, loved, uh, um, uh, Jacob loved Joseph. Was he not? The Bible uh, talked about he was his firstborn. Well, he wasn't Jacob's firstborn, but he was the firstborn of, jo of Joseph's mother, right? And, and her womb was shut up and God miraculously opened her womb. Sounds a lot familiar, don't it? Uh, a miraculous conception of a virgin who conceived of the Holy Ghost and brought forth a son, right? That's our Savior, our risen Savior that we love. That's Jesus that we need to see tonight. That's going to help you when you read your Bible to see Jesus. Have eyes that are looking for Jesus in the Word of God. And, uh, and so uh, this great deliverer we, uh, that we know and love, I'll just give you a couple things and i got to move on because that's not really the message, but Joseph's life is split into these two sections, right? Joseph, uh, Joseph is, uh, and his uh, being betrayed of those closest to him uh, who betrayed Jesus. It wasn't a stranger, but mine own familiar friend, right? Now that's a, that's a psalm that was foretelling, uh, that's an Old Testament verse foretelling of who was going, and it was Judas. Uh, um, and in fact, if you look, Judah, uh, Judas is the Greek of Judah. Now who tossed around the idea of selling Joseph into slavery? Right? So uh, all these things, isn't it wonderful you, that you uh, have a Bible that's absolutely perfect? There's nothing contradicting. It's all just so uh, fluent is the word I, I want to use, I guess. Uh, but uh, nothing contradicts itself and all these types and pictures. You think men could write a book and agree to do that? They didn't even know each other. They spoke different languages, different time periods. That excites me just a little bit. And so uh, uh, I, I, this uh, blessed book that we have uh, um, uh, is uh, uh, when we look at the life of Joseph, uh, we'll see Moses uh, next, the great deliverer. Uh, but Joseph also was a great deliverer. He brought his brethren back together and united his family, didn't he not? There was always trouble in Israel and uh, in the family. That continued on for some time. Uh, but Joseph uh, was able to reconcile them in himself. And we'll go and look just a a couple of things. That's the first uh, few chapters of his life. Twelve or ten or twelve chapters are given and devoted to the life of Joseph. That's more than Abraham or any of the rest of them. And uh, I, I wonder sometimes why we see the Jewish people alive at the time of Christ put a lot of stock in Abraham and Moses, but not a whole lot's mentioned about Joseph. They say uh, even his brethren did not recognize Joseph. Nor did those alive at the time of Christ recognize their Messiah. Right? 
I mean, this is, there's so many things. Let me just give you a couple, because no, I know why I'm going to give you 190-something of them. But uh, that's, uh, I was able to find, even in the meaning of his name. Uh, um, uh, you see, uh, the, uh, I, gave, I gave you one of those already, but the, his second name uh, means the revealer of secrets. Uh, Christ has revealed the Father and revealed the hearts of men. Has he not? Joseph was given an Egyptian name, and it means that name. I'll never pronounce it, though you'd like to hear me do it, I'm sure, and laugh later. Uh, some of you can go back and watch it online and just repeat it and see me trying to, trying to pronounce that. I'm not going to do it. But his Egyptian name means Savior of the world. And uh, so uh, even in the meaning of his name, I just want to give you a few of these so that you can recognize some of these wonderful truths as well. Uh, Joseph was a shepherd. Uh, Joseph walked in opposition to evil. Joseph was tempted, was he not? He was tempted greatly and didn't sin. Not in that time, so he's not as perfect as Christ. Remember, these are pictures. But Christ was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. And you see that he was uh, beloved and special to his father. And there wasn't another son uh, uh, loved. There's no son of God like Jesus is the son of God. He's special to his father. The Bible said of Joseph, he's the son of my old age. And I believe Christ would be able to be able to say the same thing. I don't know anybody older than him who's timeless and eternal. Do you? He's the special son of God like nobody else is in this building. Jesus is the son of God like none of us are. Right? He's the only begotten son of God. And so we move on in. You see Joseph being special and beloved of his father. Uh, you see that he, uh, um, Christ, uh, you see he's stripped of his garments. So was, so was Christ, stripped of his garments, despised and rejected of his brethren. Uh, Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. And uh, so did Joseph's own received him not. But Joseph was loved dearly in Egypt, was he not? He was held up as great in the eyes of the Egyptians. Did Christ not turn to a Gentile bride and graft her in wild? Yeah, he did. You wouldn't be there. Because why? Because his own received not. So if the fall of them were great as the salvation of the world, what, how great would be the reconciling of them? And that's why he said, okay, we can't go into Romans. All right. Now, so he was despised, rejected of his brethren. Uh, he, he became a servant. He lost his place of position. Jesus left the position of the throne of heaven and came down and humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Did he not? You know, when he was tried and he was uh, accused and falsely accused, Joseph was. Was he falsely accused? Sure he was. The Bible talked about Jesus in Isaiah 53 as a sheep before shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Joseph never defended himself one time when she was attacking him, falsely accusing him. Do you see? Every page you look in, you can find him if you're looking for him. See, some people, some people only have an eye in a selfish way. What do you say? Here's what I'm saying. How many people have you heard say, well, David sinned with Bathsheba? They don't look to see Christ in David. They're looking for something David did to make themselves feel better about what they do. They don't want to see Christ in the Bible. What they want to see is some way that they can justify the way that they're living. They, they, want, to see, they, they want to see the failures of the men. And thank God the failures of these men are recorded in this Bible. Thank goodness for that. 
I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God uh, gave us uh, the truth about men and what they are so that you, we could find some identification with them. Though you'll find not one failure of Jesus, you find a failure in every other man in this book failed God in some way, in some major way. But if you want to find some way to justify what you're doing, you can do it. Or you can get an eye looking for Jesus and turn to the pages of this book and look for ways to see Jesus to challenge yourself to be more conformed to his image, don't you think? And so he, Joseph is, uh, we're reading our Bible, we need to see Christ and we see it in Joseph as we come down to the end of this man's life who is filled with forgiveness and love. Boy, we need that in 2021, don't we? It's pitiful to see how people claim to be saved can't even forgive each other. Is that pitiful? Boy, aren't you glad that God doesn't treat you like you treat some people? <laughs> We'd be in bad shape, wouldn't we? Not here, I went negative on me. Who let me? Is that okay? He was numbered among the transgressors. He made his grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death. Did Jesus not? Was he numbered with the Egyptians? Those wicked people? Sure. And Jesus was too, numbered among the transgressors. And um, both were sold uh, out by those and betrayed by those closest to them. Both had a Gentile bride. Joseph had a Gentile bride. Uh, both were full of forgiveness and caring and both compassionate. Um, now, I don't want to go into this because I, I want to get to the message tonight. But um, I've been thinking a lot about the Pharaoh that was alive at the time, not when we get into Exodus here, um, how that Christ, you know, um, even the land and everything therein, Joseph reconciles and purchases for Pharaoh. And so does Christ for the Father reconcile all things in himself, everything, everything that Adam lost, Christ bought back and owned. God owns the ground we're walking on, the air we are breathing, God owns every bit of it, right? And uh, so you know, I don't want to get into that. There'll be a lot of speculation there uh, that we don't need to do. Uh, so uh, uh, he was uh, bound and stripped of his garments. He was betrayed by those who were close to him. Uh, he was condemned with two criminals. Did you, uh, you remember that? In chapter number 40, uh, there was two uh, men that uh, he was condemned with. And so Christ hung on a cross between two uh, that he was condemned with. One that was reconciled and received life and one that was hanged upon and killed and never saw life again but was damned and doomed for all eternity. So also in the life of Joseph was there too uh, in Joseph's life that he was condemned with and along beside that according to his reign, Pharaoh restored one of them and the other one he hanged on a tree and killed him. Isn't that wonderful how this thing plays out? Why does that excite me so much? Well, because uh, it excites me to know when people say, oh, well, your book's just written by men. You can say that all you want to, but you'll never find another book penned by a human penman that's like this book right here. You can't, you can't get two Baptists that are independent and supposedly fundamental to sit a room and get along. How could you get this many authors to write a book that would speak of the same man and the same God? Four Gospels written in four different accounts, four different people, and all of them, not a one of them contradict the other. Isn't that such, that's such wonderful. Me and you could see the same thing, and I'd tell it in difference, and so would you. It's just wonderful. You couldn't convince me that, that, that God wasn't in this thing. Okay, let me, let me go on here. Okay, so they were both around 30 years old. Uh, both descended into a pit and both were delivered. 
Right? As Jonah was in the whales, but so did and the Son of Man shall be in the heart of the earth three days, and he was delivered. Boy, that, I'm telling you, this, these, uh, uh, let, let me just give you two more. I, I, I want, uh, um, both were sent to their own by their fathers. Uh, both, both were the firstborn uh, of Rachel and Mary, both in miraculous conception. And I found this in, verse, in chapter number 37 and verse number 8. Uh, Joseph was hated for his dreams also, but they said his brethren hated Joseph for his words. You know, what, why, you know why this world hates Jesus and why they hate you? They hate us for our words. You know, I mean, you know, they might, make, they might make fun of you ladies for the way you dress. They, may make, they might make fun of some of us men for the way that we dress. or They may make fun of a few little things, but they hate you because of the words that you believe in. They hate the words of your master. That's what the problem is. They hate the exclusiveness of Christ's message. Christ didn't just get along with every other God. He said, there's no other gods. I'm the only one and the only way. And if you don't come by me, you'll never know the Father. They hate that. They hated his words. Didn't they? Remember, remember they would rent their clothes. They would get so violently angry that Christ was just stomping out every, every facet of their religion. Everything they had built themselves up on, Christ tore out from underneath them and even told them, you can tear it down and in three days I'm going to raise it again. <laughs> Everything they thought. He said, search the scriptures, for in them you think, and they are they which testify of me. You miss me in this book. It's what some people miss when they hear the preaching. All they hear is, oh, you got to dress right. They miss Jesus out of the preaching. You're just hearing what you want to hear. Aim to hear and see Christ. Right. Brother Easley's been talking about that. If we'll just love God, everything else will fall into place. You won't have to fight standards and fight convictions. And nobody will have to tell you not to bury your neck in this health in the world if you love God. Well, there's a 10-second clip that will probably go on a website somewhere. I'd like to give them a few more, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stay on target here. I just love God. I know it's difficult, but all these other things fall into place. Is that not what he said, Brother Easley? Brother Easley he, said, he said, you can hang all the law and the prophet on that. Love God and love your neighbors yourself, and you can hang the law on all of that. Hang it on love. <laughs> Hallelujah. All these other things just come right out. Now, we've got to move on from this because that's not what I wanted to get to. But I want us to get into as we start working into the book of Exodus. I want us to see a few things as we go into this book. Um, and uh, I want us to start in verse number one of the book of Exodus, okay? And uh, I, want to, I, I just want what kind of stirred my heart as I was, we got ready for the service this morning. What's stirred my heart? Let's read this together. Before we get to, let me, can we read this together? Uh, Genesis chapter 50. Let's start in verse number 15. When Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, uh, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us. And uh, if you'll remember, Christ said, The Father loves you because you love me. Yes, amen. How wonderful. <laughs> oh, let's not. 
Let's, let's go on. Okay. Uh, but because um, Joseph's not, not the message here. We got to get to Exodus. But uh, so, uh, so now look with me uh, in verse number 50. He said, He peradventure hate us and will certainly require us all the evil which we did unto him. And uh, that's where a lot of people come to when they come to Christ. They have great fear. Uh, they're kind of like uh, Mephibosheth. And David had to speak his name and say, you know, fear not. And you know, I'm not coming to do the harm. And, uh, um, you know, all those wonderful things. You know, uh, you know, uh, Cyrus said it a minute ago. He always thinks God's around the corner with a big stick ready to beat him. To that is not the God of this Bible. God is not waiting around the corner playing tricks on you, get you to mess up so he can beat you for something. But is that not what the devil tries to tell you God's doing? That is not God. God is there to pick you up, conform you to an image, and see the thing through which he began. He started the work, and he'll finish it. That's right. God's not going to give up on you. And so they thought that Joseph would. They thought, well, Joseph's only being good to us as long as Jacob's alive. As long as our father was alive, that was kind of our saving grace. And, and so they went to him. They sent a messenger unto Joseph in verse 16. Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Now why, you know, this just gives the heart uh, that Joseph has. And if he's got the heart that's so full of love towards those that betrayed him and did him the work, I got to thinking about that this morning. The ones, the very ones that had seen Christ do absolutely nothing but good. The Bible does not record one single thing. He said, which one of you convinced me of evil? Which person could convince me of even a sin? Right? They saw every miracle. They saw every tear. They, know, they, they knew they did nothing but saw good. Every time they failed and argued and fight and fought, they saw nothing but God's love being portrayed to mankind. They could, could convince him of nothing. Even, 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 even the Romans found no fault in this man. That's a, that's, a, that's a thought to take on when you think about And they stand there and watch him and mock him and cruel mockery and beat him and, and scourge him. All the things that they did unto him and him hanging on that tree saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Isn't that a thought to have? Now, I'm going to tell you something. If it was me and my brothers, once daddy was out of the room, it had been on. But Joseph here doesn't even harbor. I, I almost think, now I'm speculating, but I almost think that Joseph weeps here that they would think that he would do that to them. Sometimes that's more hurtful. You ever think about this? I wonder if it hurts God for us. I wonder if it, if it hurts that you would even think that I would do that. I mean, when you have those thoughts of, God, you've just abandoned me. I wonder if that thought hurts the heart of God, that you would even think God would abandon you. When he's proved himself time and time again to be nothing but faithful, if anybody's walked off on anybody, it's you that's walked off on God. I've had my little kids, brother, all that come to me and say, well, I didn't want to tell you. I was afraid you'd beat me to death. And I'm thinking that you would even think I would do that as loving and kind and gentle as I am. <laughs> this is a big teddy bear. 
I'll give you one sentence to say what you want to say into the mind. No, I'm kidding. Don't say it. Well, I can say that to the little girls at least. They know it to be true. The boys don't. But that you would even think God would do that to you. I'm just speculating again. The Bible said in the last verse of 17, And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. I mean, they're basically saying, look, we, we want you to forgive us. We done you evil. They owned up to what they did. I, I don't like that they threw in that, that daddy told us to say it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, they, but they go, they go to Joseph and they say, look, we send a messenger and, and, uh, and all these things. And Joseph wept uh, uh, when at the thought, to me now, at the thought that they would think he would do that. Now look at verse number 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. And here's how, here's how that verse has always been quoted. And I don't know if you've always heard it this way, but what you meant for evil for me, God meant it for good. And we'll relate that to the verse... Um, uh, he works all things together for good to them that love the Lord. Then they're called according to His purpose. And we relate those two together. But that's not what He said. You read the whole chapter, He said, I mean the whole verse there, and in the, in the entirety of the verse, He said, you thought it for evil, but God meant it for good. He doesn't even use the word me. He said, you, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. And here's the good that God was going to bring. Not that, good, that God was going to show me to be the one right and you wrong. Not that God was even doing something of working in me to make me conform to his image and be more like him. That God was molding me and making. That's not even what he said. Those, those are great truths in our lives. He said, God, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good that much people might be saved alive. <laughs> you, you're battling against God. God had salvation in his mind and you had ruin in yours and God took what you did and has not only saved the Egyptians but has saved our whole family. Now what if this didn't happen? Would a famine have still come? Probably would have. Now we can what if all day. You don't want to do that too much. But you see the thought process? What they had intended for evil, God took it for good, not just in the life of Joseph so that he would be a better Christian. Why do we, we're always thinking what's best for us, right. right? So when we're thinking about suffering and we're going through these sufferings, I'm not thinking like Paul had the mind of Joseph, that all things are for your sake. Amen. Suffering and consolation, no matter what. Remember in the first chapter we went through? And Joseph has the same idea. I mean, yes, it worked out good for Joseph, did it not? Second in command, loved in all the land. Hey, everybody knew who Joseph was. Everybody knew that Joseph had, 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 had foreseen what was going to happen to him and, uh, and told his brethren about it. And then he foresaw what was going to happen. He knew the famine was coming. He had them get everything prepared. I mean, jo it worked out great for Joseph. Joseph could have never been what he was if he didn't go through the suffering. And God made the captain of our salvation perfect through suffering. But in our suffering, all we think about is us. Amen. We don't think about the people around us that are watching us suffer. If I get put in the hospital with a kidney stone, don't dare one of you hold me to this. I'll praise God just, I don't know. But uh, if I'm sitting there thinking, I'll tell you the first thought comes to my mind, Brother Ray, what I do wrong? I start repenting, getting right with God. And uh, not near like I do if I get on an airplane. 
But I get pretty right with God when I start hurting. And I get pretty selfish in my thinking. Now, God, you've put me in this awful place with these people. Everybody around here is sick. Everybody around here, I, oh, I, I don't know about you, but I hate being in a hospital. I don't like being sick, but if I'm going to die, I'd rather just die at home. It was you. Who wants to go sit in the emergency room tonight? No. I can't stand the hospital. But I'm not thinking, what if God put me in that place so that some of those nurses and those people around could see the light of the glorious gospel in the face of Jesus? What if God put me there because I'd have never gone there to reach them if he didn't put me there? Now, you could say that about Joseph. Jesus, did, God didn't have to do anything to Jesus. He said, for this cause came I into this world. But Joseph would have never gone down to Egypt. In fact, he wasn't supposed to. The time of famine, that's what got Elimelech Naomi in trouble. They should have never left Bethlehem, Judah. They had no reason to go where they went. They were supposed to pull together as a, as a unit. They were supposed to feed each other. They had no reason to abandon the land and the people of God during a time of famine. But that's the tendency of most people. Let's not get in the room. So Joseph goes down. It all works out for him. But in his thinking and his process at the time, and, and, and if you look in these, what they say now, and, and the best that I can tell, between verse 21 and verse number 22, approximately 50 to 55 years takes place in between that verse, those two verses. And his mind and his thinking is that what you meant for evil, God meant it unto good. Not unto me for good, but unto good. That much people might be saved alive. To save much people alive. Verse number 21. Now therefore fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. <laughs> and he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I'm trying to stay away from some of this, but I'm, try, I'm trying my best to get to Exodus. But when you come to Christ, you know what he did? He spoke, he spoke comfortably unto you. I'm glad he hadn't spoke to me like some Baptist preachers have spoken to me. I'm glad he didn't speak to me like some church members have spoke to me. Thank goodness not in this church, but Baptists can get plum mean. Hang around church folk too long, especially if they're not saved. They can get real mean. But uh, everybody okay? And, uh, and all of us, we probably do our fair share of hurting too. But uh, aren't you glad that when you went to Jesus, the one person who had the right to condemn you with his words spoke comfortably unto you. And in fact said, and, and in fact you felt under the saving of your house. Now that if I can just get my kids to this same Jesus. <laughs> and that's what Joseph spoke comfortably unto them. Spoke kind words to them. And he said, don't, don't take no thought for nothing. All the power, all that, all that I have and all that I own, all that's been given unto me by God, I'm going to nurse you and I'm going to nurse your little, I'm going to take care of you. And Christian friend, Christ saved you and redeemed you and he is going to take care and nourish you all the days of your life and your family. So what if my kids aren't saved? I, I think the New Testament talks a lot about whatever sanctify them believing. Now, we don't go into that. Let's go on. 
So Joseph, let's stay on track here because we gotta, we got to just set the mindset of where we are. So Joseph, uh, uh, we're at the end of Joseph's life when you end Genesis. It, it ends everything uh, in the first book of the Bible. Uh, and so look at what's, what takes place between to save much people alive. Now look at verse number 21. Now therefore fear you not, I'll nourish you to your little ones. He comforted them, he spake kindly unto them. And then uh, some 50 or odd years or so takes place. Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he in his father's house, and Joseph lived 110 years. Now verse number 23, And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of, of um, Maker, the son of Manasseh, uh, were brought up upon Joseph's knee. And Joseph said unto, unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you. And bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't you? I don't know about you. I know a lot of older people feel feel this way, especially older preachers that that I've spoken with. I want to finish well, don't you? I'd hate to give my life and start off running for Jesus and live the Christian life only at the end to let bitterness creep into my soul and ruin everything that you've tried to live for God for all these days. Amen. And Joseph was able, if any man, I, I wish we would have, well, the Lord won't let us. So, but most of you know your, your Bible history. If any man could have been more bitter in his spirit about the way he was treated by people, it could have been Joseph. Outside of Christ in the New Testament. I'm talking about the Old Testament. Of the ones he loved the most. Now he was in Egypt for a while, but ended up being, you know, that was later on in Egypt. When he was delivered up out of that pit. But of anybody that could have been bitter. And folk, you know what gets me? is we'll live for God and live for God and live for God. And some of the silliest things you'll allow to creep into your life. And at the end of your days, you'll end up with bitterness in your spirit. And all anybody, there's, there's, some, there's some folks I'm thinking of right now. And they will die when, they remember, when they're remembered, nobody's going to recall their great former days. They're going to recall the bitterness they died with. You're only as good as your last day to people. They'll not remember what you did 50 years ago for them. They're only going to remember what you did the last hour. That's the way it is. Don't ruin your testimony. And the last day say, well, you're talking just to older people. No, they some of us younger might beat you out of here. Am I telling it right? We need to live for God our every day like it may be our last. This may be the end of my race. I'm liable to go home tonight and the blood clot that is going to kill me is in my body working its way up right now. And what I don't want to do, that's why I was stirred this morning. I just want to have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I just want to love people. Time's running out. The thing's getting short. And all of us can be bitter and mad and angry and upset and just in constant turmoil and fighting and problem. If you want to spend your life in the teenage girl drama, help yourself. There's plenty of it in Baptist churches. And you don't have to look long to find you something to get involved in. But I want to tell you what you'd be better to do. You'd better just be humble yourself and to love people and to love God like today's going to be your last day. Go out with a good name. Wouldn't that be wonderful? 
Man, I don't want people to go. Boy, I tell you, they were miserable to be around. I want to go out, boy, I'm I, I, I thinking about old J.C. right now. I, I don't know how many times a negative word come out of that man's mouth. He was just a joy to be around, wasn't he, Brother Ray? It's just joy in his heart. And, man, I could preach a message kind of uh, like most of my messages, a big dud. But he'd come up to you and say, Brother, thank you for preaching the Word of God to us. That was a good message. Just something encouraging to say to you, you know. Those kind of people just, man, that's the kind of man I want to be, don't you? I want to be the Joseph that's speaking comfortably to people. I'm not talking about compromise. There's some stuff that goes on in a church that needs cried out against. And we do it here. But man, I don't, want, I don't want to be known for how mean I'm able to be at people. That's what fundamental preachers have, a lot of them have turned things into, is who can be the meanest preacher? Man, you can preach hard and love people, can't you? In fact, I like hard preaching, don't you? I don't want to be soft pedal. I want somebody to rear back like they, like they used to talk about them old leather lung preachers and preach the devil out of me. But I'd rather, I want you to love me. And Joseph had the love of God in his heart towards the very people that had done him the most wrong. He spoke comfortably unto them and fed their children. And looked at it like it was a positive thing, Brother Hesley. That's what's crazy to me, brother. He looked at it like what a great blessing it was. You know what I would have been doing? Now's my time. I'd have been sitting there just waiting on them to come up here. Oh, yeah, remember me? The one you, one you sold off into Egypt? How do you like me now? You know. But man, if we'll start thinking like Christians and we'll start thinking like Christ, that's what kills me about some of this stuff. I was talking about this one. This social media garbage is absolutely makes me want to upchuck sometimes at the just the arrogancy and the pride that gets displayed. No wonder people don't want to come to our churches. I, I'm honest with you. We're suffering a lot even here at this church for the name that's being put by people that claim to be what we are out on social media. And I want the world to know that I'm not like that crowd. Just because they got the same name on their church sign as me and some of them don't. But uh, I don't believe like they do. Stay off all that drama, all that social media stuff. It's destroying some of you young people. If you had a lick of sense in your brains, you would junk it yourself. I don't care if your parents let you do it or not. It's not made none of you a better Christian. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I don't know how many dirty pictures can be sent if you don't have a phone. And then parents, what they've got on them, on them still, let's see, now here we go. I was preaching about Jesus. But parents, did you know this? I, 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 uh, that uh, these little these little apps that they have, they'll send a picture and it deletes itself. Now, why would you want to delete a picture that you sent? If it, 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 well, my parents might see it. Well, God already saw it. Right. Did He not? Yes. Amen. So we. So hey. I'm not, and I ain't trying to beat nobody down. I don't know what I'd have done at your age if I was, you know, I was certainly lost. So I, I, I can only imagine the things that I would have done. I'm not trying to beat you down. What I am trying to say is if you're saved, you ought to be Christian enough to know yourself and know your flesh and not make provision for it. Amen. Just put it up. 
say, well, I can't put it up. Well, it's not a very good testimony for a Christian. A Christian's not under the power of that anymore. He ought to have the power to overcome that. Now, at, the, at least have power enough to have enough sense that if he can't deal with it, get you a flip phone. Some of you kids, the best thing you can, that can happen in your life as a Christian is if you just get you a flip phone or throw it away. Say, well, I would never send no pictures. You better be careful. You, you don't know what you'd do. The right person whispers the right thing in your ears. Hey, they've even got apps, parents, now on them phones where it doesn't even look like Snapchat. That's the devil. No teenager's got any business in a private app with private individuals sending private photos and, fi and private messages. You have no business doing that, none of y'all. And I don't care if you're 18, you're in your parents' house, you're not an adult, I don't care what Biden says or none of the rest of this government says. This Bible don't say nothing about you turning 18. You want fed, you want clothes on your back, you need to behave yourself. Is that okay? Now, I know we took a turn down negative town here, but it's all right. Just hold on. It ain't going to hurt you. Hey, put them things up. You got no business. And, 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 what, I, and what I've learned uh, uh, and tried to, tried to and I, I got so you can't monitor it all, and you can't monitor and know everything. But on them phones, there's, there's one of them apps. I don't know which one it is, but it looks like a calculator. So if you've got any sense, Mom or Dad, get your teenager's phone. Don't let them go to bed with it. I'm not meddling. I'm just trying to help you. I'm raising teenagers myself. But on their phone it says a calculator, and it's not a calculator. When you push on it, it's Snapchat, and they're sending stuff back and forth to people that are being ungodly. God's not pleased with that. Right? And so if you're on Snapchat and social media sending private pictures and, 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 sending, and doing all this kind of wickedness and, and, and doing stuff like that, please have enough sense not to get up here and sing like you love Jesus. No, you love yourself. You so love yourself and you're so proud of yourself, you're willing to take your clothes off, take a picture of it, and send it to everybody else. Woo! Come on, teenagers. Get off that junk. It's not helping you. Now, how we got from Joseph being a type of Jesus to Snapchat on a calculator, I'll never know. But it's good either way, ain't it, Tammy? I don't want my kids involved in it. Do you? I don't want them doing that junk. And they get smart to get wicked. It's, it, you, they, they're smart these days. They've outsmarted me. I don't know how to catch all of it. But you know what the best thing we can do is just either, you know, the Bible talks about us as parents, we're not supposed to make provision for their flesh. Well, what do we think they're going to do? <laughs> what, do we think, what, do we think we're gonna, what do we think our kids are going to do if we pay no attention to what they're doing and we just send them out to the world and say, okay, well, won't you do right? What do you think they're going to do? Are we, and they were shocked that they ended up not to, we're not supposed to make provision for your flesh. It's our job to make sure that we put boundaries around you and not allow you to get yourself in a position where you destroy your testimony. That's my job. Right? Oh, we got to go. That didn't cost nothing extra. Just a little bit of ties. You can drop them in the back. We got boxes on the side there. Brother Montgomery, stay off that Snapchat. I know you. <laughs> hey, really, this social media is killing us. I don't know about you. I, I miss the days when we didn't have the Internet. What a blessed day that it was. <laughs> this stuff's killing a lot of us, isn't it? Hey, do yourself a favor and just turn it off. 
It's not worth it. It's hurting you a lot more than you even realize yourself. Just turn it all off. Get in your Bible and look for Jesus. And I'm going to say this. I, I will say this. Just so you know, and just so you're reminded, young people, if you think that these pictures get deleted and they're gone, you're as dumb as you look. I'm just kidding. You don't look that dumb. Most of you don't. A lot of you do. They don't go away. How would you like to be married one day and have children and be raising a family and these, these photos that you thought when you sent them in your youth, they come back and haunt you when you get older? That'll happen if you're not careful. I know of stories right now. This stuff don't get deleted, folks. And we're playing around with it and wondering what's wrong with that. Why you got to have revival? But boy, do you real good. Just put it up. And if somebody needs you, you know it would be good. Hey, you know what? I, I'm almost to the point. I really, honestly, all my kids that are under 18, if Tyler don't know how to live like a Christian is now, then he's going to have to learn it some other time. But my, my other children, you know what I want them to do? If you need to get a hold of them, just call me. You remember them days? We've given a direct line of access into the heart and minds of our underage children for anybody to get. We're crazy, ain't we? We're really crazy. My kids are sitting there going, oh no. Here we go again. Brother Oliver, I try to be as hard. I've took them things probably five times. <laughs> I end up needing a hold of them. I give them right back. Hey, some of us parents are to blame for some of this stuff. Now, we got to go home now, and we didn't get to Exodus. But you pray for me, we will get there. We're going to start in Exodus, and we're going to begin looking uh, the, uh, the, and, and we're going to work our way all the way to Canaan, God willing, and take a, a look here at the life of Joseph when he ends his life. In verse number 25, God will surely visit you and shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. And his words are going to come true. What he said about his own bones. And Joshua, you'll see it as well. But uh, we'll work our way down through there. And I just want to—I just want to encourage you. I don't know; it's most of what's on my heart. I'm sorry for rambling some here, but if you can learn as an, at an early age as a Christian, when you're reading your Bible, to look for Jesus, it'll help you greatly. I don't know of anything going on out there in the world that's going to help us. Some of us are already depressed at the slight hint that they might possibly be going to do mask and shutdown again. Some of us are already having panic attacks and anxiety attacks over it. Was God not faithful through the first round? Stand to your feet. We're going to go home. Come on, Brother Reed. Let's at least give one, one round of one verse, Miss Snow, Miss Courier. We'll give a verse tonight, but I'll be honest with you, I got sucked into it too. 
And you know what I'm going to do my best to do this go round? I'm going to do my best to faithfully honor God through this next round. It may come, maybe worse than the, I don't know what all is going to happen. And they shut us down. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. But I promise you this, by the grace of God, I'm going to be right here in this pulpit preaching the Bible, trying to honor God with my life. They're not going to suck me back into this mess again. I'm just going to do my best to honor God. Let's do that. And let's just keep our eye on Jesus. Lord, we love you. Take this scattered message, Lord, and just uh, help help somebody with it, uh, Lord, uh, that's needing you tonight. I know there's so many needs in our families, Lord, and our children, our young people, our parents, our uh, older uh, grandparents. And there's so many troubles on every side. And we just ask you, Lord, and thank you for this morning, the peace that you brought in our heart. But help us tonight, Lord. We uh, still struggle and need your help, Lord. We can't do anything. You told us that even, except we abide in you. So help us, Lord, to do that. Help us to see you and keep our eyes upon you as we approach these last days and seducers wax worse and worse and they're not able to endure sound doctrine in the world and all those things that we'll be suffering. Help us keep an eye on Jesus. We love you. In his name we pray. Amen. We'll give a verse if you need to come. Brother Reed.